idol of Our Lady of Guadalupe on America's southern border. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. Ephesians 5:11. Is it logically possible to hold to Rome's theology while at the same time rejecting her politics and economics? Many American Roman Catholics, some of whom may be more Protestant in their thinking than they realize, would answer yes. Writing in his 1999 book Ecclesiastical Megalomania, John Robbins gave the opposite answer. In the introduction of his book, Robbins noted that Rome's pronouncements on politics and economics were not, disjointed statements, but the logical conclusions of premises accepted in Roman theology. Put another way, if someone accepts Rome's theology, he logically must also accept Rome's politics and economics. Rome's theology, politics, and economics are part of a package deal as Robbins put it, and one does not have the option of following Rome and its theology while at the same time rejecting its political and economic philosophy. This, Robbins commented, flies in the face not only of the claims of the church state itself but of reason as well. I bring up this point as today, December 12, marks the date on which the church state celebrates the feast day of Our Lady of Guadalupe. According to one article in the America magazine, a Jesuit publication, Our Lady of Guadalupe, OLG, remains a cherished part of Mexican national identity. Another piece in America magazine gives several other titles OLG is known by, Nuestra Señora de Guadalupe, La Virgen de Guadalupe, Empress of the Americas, and Our Lady of Tepeyac. Here's one interesting item of OLG trivia from one of the America magazine articles. Juan Diego, the fellow to whom the demon in the form of Mary is said to have first revealed herself, may never have existed. Despite his possible non-existence, he was canonized anyway in 2002, as part of a strategy to retain indigenous Catholics in Mexico and across Latin America who have been defecting in droves to Protestantism, especially Pentecostalism. In one way, this really isn't surprising. Rome makes up stuff all the time and has done so for centuries. Still, to come right out and say that there is no hard evidence Saint Juan Diego ever existed while at the same time canonizing him is a bit shocking. Apparently, the church state really is running scared that it's losing its centuries-long grip on indigenous Catholics in Mexico and across Latin America. Strangers no longer, Our Lady of Guadalupe, and illegal immigration. Among the key documents used by Rome to promote mass, welfare, illegal immigration into the United States across the nation's southern border is strangers no longer together on the journey of hope, SNL. SNL is a joint statement issued in 2003 by both the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops, USCCB, and its Mexican counterpart Conferencia del Episcopado Mexicano. It should come as no surprise that SNL is a blasphemous and treasonous hustle, the main purpose of which is to lay the foundation for the overthrow of the United States as an independent nation while sticking the citizens of the United States with the bill for their own dispossession. It was this document, SNL, that was the foil for Pastor Ralph Ovattle's brilliant 2006 article Romanizing America Through Illegal Immigration. One doesn't have to read very far into the SNL, paragraph 3 to be exact, before the Marian influence becomes clear. There we read, on January 23, 1999, at the Basilica of Our Lady of Guadalupe, Pope John Paul II presented his apostolic exhortation Ecclesia in America, which resulted from the Synod of Bishops of America. On four other occasions, SNL cites OLG as having a special role in the lives of what the document terms migrants, which are more properly termed illegal immigrants. In SNL's closing benediction, the bishops write, And may Mary of Guadalupe our mother, bring you, apparently referring to the illegal immigrants, safely home, by home the bishops seem to mean the United States to which the illegal immigrants have come and from which they are drawing taxpayer support. 
In other words, OLG is being invoked by the bishops as a cover for migrants to violate American immigration laws with impunity. The USCCB's Our Lady of Guadalupe resource page. On its Justice for Immigrants Twitter feed, note well, the USCCB is not at all concerned about justice for Americans but only for foreigners who have no legal right to be in the United States. In the eyes of the USCCB, Americans' only job is to accept their obligation to sit down, shut up, and fork over their nation to welfare migrants, the USCCB put out a tweet today, December 12, 2021, advertising its Our Lady of Guadalupe resource page. The centerpiece among the Marian paraphernalia one finds on the page is an e-booklet entitled Our Lady of Guadalupe Feast Day Toolkit 2021. The principal purpose of this toolkit seems to be to create as much illegal immigration into America as possible while at the same time flacking for all the destructive immigration policies of the Antichrist, the USCCB, and the treasonous Biden regime to make sure the migrants aren't deported once they've arrived at the new home. Under the banner How Can I Support Migrants on This Day? See page 7. There are several helpful suggestions for devotees of the demon doing business as Mary on how best to work to subvert the rule of law in the United States. Among them are. Be sure that your feast day mass highlights the importance of Our Lady of Guadalupe to Latin Americans and migrants and involves parishioners from those communities. Talk to parishioners and friends about Catholic social teaching around migration and Our Lady of Guadalupe's message. Use social media or write a letter to the editor to voice your support for migrants. Explain why Our Lady of Guadalupe's feast day is an important reminder to love and advocate for immigrants and refugees. One other helpful tip to the demon devotees is to push elected officials to support DACA, delayed action for childhood arrivals and TPS, temporary protected status, both of which are programs to ensure that people who should have been removed from the country years ago continue to stay and eventually get amnestied when the Democrats have enough support in Congress to pass a nation-breaking immigration bill. Closing. It was noted at the beginning of this post that you can't logically separate Rome's theology, in this case, it's Mariolatry, from its political and economic thought. It is this author's hope that this has been made clear from the citations above. Rome's doctrine of Mary is intimately linked with its push for mass, welfare state-funded immigration, migration, and refugee resettlement. What then is the application for American Protestants? Columnist Paul Crane Roberts has often described Americans as insouciant. That's not a common word and readers may be unfamiliar with it. The word comes from French and means, careless, unconcerned, or indifferent. This seems to be a good description of the American people generally, and more to the point, of America's Reformed Protestants, those who are the heirs of the faith that informed our nation's founders. Through our own unbelief, laziness, and even cowardice, we find ourselves at the point where it is entirely possible that we will find ourselves dispossessed of the nation bequeathed to us by our forefathers. The signs are all around us. Ordinary Americans are denounced by their own government as domestic terrorists, academics in the universities refer to these same people as white supremacists and racists seemingly for having the temerity even to exist, while the most recent presidential election saw Protestant Donald Trump depose through election fraud and papal lackey Joe Biden installed in his place. As it stands, the forces of the papal antichrist are well positioned to deliver the final blows needed to end America's existence as a free and independent nation. Mass, illegal immigration is one of the biggest battering rams Rome hopes to use to achieve this goal. But I ask you, where is the response to Antichrist's constant assaults on our nation? Where are the reformed ministers and churches? From what I can tell, for the most part, they've gone AWOL. The Democrats, whom Presbyterian Minister Samuel D. Burchard rightly deemed the party whose antecedents have been rum, Romanism, and rebellion way back in 1884, 
appear to have consolidated their ill-gotten political gains in the 2020 presidential election and are even now attempting to pass a mass amnesty bill that will forever change America for the worse. And the biggest force behind this push is, unsurprisingly, the Antichrist Roman Catholic Church state. But where are God's people? I exhort my fellow Calvinists, do not be afraid in the face of this massive assault on America by Satan's servant, and do not be silent. Pray and work the old saying goes. It is high time we repented of our insouciant ways, sought the Lord's face, and got in the fight. And by got in the fight I do not mean compromised political action of the sort conservatives have done for decades. It has accomplished nothing except to advance the cause of those who hate the Lord Jesus Christ and hate us. What I do mean is that we need to do the hard work of bringing the whole counsel of God to bear on the issues of our age to rebuke, reprove, correct and teach the rulers of this age for their many sins. God will be well pleased with it. And who knows? We may even preserve the civilization God has given us as our heritage.